Monster Game Night is a dark comedy actual play podcast that contains personal and political horror. This show is not appropriate for children, and adults can find content warnings in our episode descriptions. Welcome to our Vampire the Masquerade Chronicle, Bluegrass by Night, where our coterie goes on a bewildering road trip to destroy the wards protecting the fictional city of Jamestown. This is Ben playing Tommaso, the punished Putinesca. I'm Russell, and I play Gordon, the salacious Lasombra. This is Josh, and I play Guillermo, the uh, kick-ass cicada. This is Chris playing Descartes, the appetizing Nosferatu. I'm Nick playing Jason, the irritated Banhuakim. Hey, I'm Mike, your sentimental storyteller. Thank you, everyone, for coming along with us. This is the last episode and finale of season one. Next week, we'll be releasing an epilogue for this episode exclusively for our backers on Patreon. If you want to hear how our characters resolve their current circumstances, you should check that out. By the way, we've submitted to do some shows at Gen Con. And if you are also going to Gen Con, first of all, I hope you're going to Gen Con. Second of all, if you go to Gen Con, check us out. We'll be there. So what happened last time on Monster Game Night? The Coterie was on the run, so Rosetta gave Guillermo a call and I saved the day again. After waking up in the back of a meat truck, Jason brought the ward down for the final time and directed the Coterie to the Snake Caverns. After a couple bad ideas and a useless phone call, Tommaso avoided taking a tour by finding a secret entrance the Sabah were using. Gordon explored that secret entrance using his favorite terrain type of darkness and found a, a trap set with a bunch of dogs. Descartes tried to sneak in, but was given away by his rat army and was grabbed by one of the beautiful stitch dogs made of multiple dog and human parts. Guillermo saved the day one more time by kicking that dog right in the face and looked up to see the malformed, pained, grimaced body of some Hellraiser-looking bitch. Boom. We fucking did it, finally. <laughs> And it's only 8.15. This is one for the ages, boys. It's going to be a two-parter just because we didn't start recording until fucking 8.30. So, Mike, I would like to go on a shopping trip, please. Yes, this is the perfect time for it. Can we go to the gift shop real fast? (laughs) I know, it's like we never want this episode to end. To set the scene, tonight's session opens in a blackout dark cavern beneath the city of Greenville. We can see glaring, glittering eyes that have circled around the coterie, hemming them in tight. We see the destroyed remains of the head formerly attached to the corpse of a stitch dog that Guillermo gracefully destroyed. And in the distance, standing now as the dogs, as the stitch dogs part, we see a slender, impossibly tall figure, limbs elongated like a character, head pulled towards the ceiling like it's wearing a headdress but the flesh has been sculpted and molded we can see that the rib cage has been pulled wide like a pair of butterfly wings we see a set of ornate red robes draped across this misformed creature it's just ordered the dogs to stop attacking you see the figure step forward I know who you are I know why you come and she steps forward and you see that each stride she takes is impossibly long and her whole body shifts. It takes a very long time. She's like, all the pretty girls walk like this. <laughs> oh, no. no. <laughs> the huge stitch dogs, the 300 pound stitch dogs made from several beasts and humans 
joined and fused together with some with human hands, some with limbs that don't even reach the ground. They all scurry sideways, crab like. <laughs> Stop. Take the strong <laughs> hand. <laughs> <laughs> She reaches down and pets one that has a tiny outstretched hand creeping out from its neck. <laughs> and it says, Help me! Kill me! <laughs> she stretches up and says, Roxanne, there will be time later. <laughs> she begins to step forward and you see the herd of stitch dogs part for her. She approaches, and you see her studying the coterie, looking at each of you, eyes going from floor to ceiling. Before she even has time to study us, Guillermo looks right at her and says, Yeah, you know why we're here. We're here to fucking kill you and destroy that ward. Hey. And he's going to rouse the blood to activate his fist of cane. Okay. Oh, fuck. God damn it. Ah, okay. Give me that rouse check. <laughs> he does get hungrier. While, while he's doing that, does she see me? Go ahead and give me a roll of wits plus awareness. I, I figure she she's tall enough she can see up to the top of the ladder because I'm still up there. She makes direct eye contact with Tommaso. You, you, everybody went down except me. I was the only one that stayed up at the top. That's five successes for me. Boom. Gordon sees this being's eyes pause exactly where he is standing right now. She just gives a little smile and a nod. So we're starting combat, or are we? Uh, I'm attempting to intimidate her. All right. By saying that and flexing because she cannot discern that I've activated my discipline. That's probably true. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> That's probably true. What is everybody doing? Yeah. So Gordon just steps out of the shadows with the anti-material rifle trained on her. I don't think you want to do this. Yeah, we didn't come here to mess around. So uh... we definitely didn't come here to mess around. Not even close. If you know us, you know what we're about. So let's talk. One kick, I did that. What do you think these bad boys are going to do? And I'll slap my fist together. I do a quick titty pop. <laughs> <laughs> I activate feral weapons. What do Descartes' feral weapons look like? Rat tails. No. Like rat tails. No. Beaver tails. Throws a fucking Andalite tail. Yes. <laughs> Serrated snake penis. Serrated snake penis. <laughs> oh, God. See, we got a freak of our own right here. <laughs> <laughs> snap, snap, motherfucker. Just really long claws, and his fangs grow a couple inches. Meow. <laughs> we see jagged yellow fingernails extend down beneath the end of Descartes' hoodie. Jason draws a sword and just slides the blade slowly across one palm, activating his one with the blade. Do not get hungrier. The figure looks at each of you, holds eye contact for an extended time, and she says, You will do, Jachnek. And you see each of the dogs begin to close in towards you now, tightening up their circle, closing the path that she's walked through. And she turns around and begins to walk away, and they fill in the walkway behind her. You see the dogs begin to split up into pairs, selecting each of you to begin combat with. As that happens, two dogs begin to crouch in front of Gordon. They start to growl and hiss. And 
It sounds like a human voice growling. It doesn't sound like a dog doing this. And when they open their mouth, you don't see dog teeth. You see jagged yellow human teeth that are decayed and aged. You are ready for combat. What are you doing? Would you say that I have their gaze? The dogs? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, interesting. I want to look at them. Okay. I just want to say, sit, boo-boo. And I am activating Mesmerize. They have four dice in this, so someone roll four dice for me. <laughs> sure. Got it. I'm sure that will go very well for them. <laughs> oh, dude. Dude! Oh, my God! Chris is banned. <laughs> I'm going to rouse the blood. Don't Do announce it yet. Don't announce it until he shares his. Okay, he's gotten hunger twice. This is a bad sign. Oh. Oh, fuck me. Oh. Um, I'm going to... Yeah. Yeah, you got to. Reroll that. Oh, God. Four successes. Okay, Chris, how many crits did you get? Yeah, one crit. Ah. Six successes. Ah! <laughs> it grabs you with a hand. It's strong hand. Oh, wait, hold on. It just said, who's boo-boo? <laughs> you doing it wrong? I need them to make a wits awareness roll first. What for? Uh, rationalization. Let's count their first roll as that because they had the same dice pool in both. So it's a difficulty of five. So they won that, right? Yep. Okay. So then we'll do it again. Two successes. All right. Yeah. So Gordon manages to hold eye contact with both dogs, with both stitch dogs simultaneously. One eye each. It's a little complicated. He's been doing this for long enough that it's not hard. He's ready for it. He looks down from his rifle. He makes eye contact with both dogs. He says, sit, boo-boo. And each of the dogs that has been crouching and coiling itself to spring instead lowers its hindquarters the rest of the way and plants its butt in the dirt. Not sure how long that lasts, but temporarily Gordon has given himself an opening. Are you firing still? You will be doing that at a two-die penalty. because no. Okay. No, that's firing. Not yeah. Okay. Next piece of ranged combat. Tommaso looks down and he sees that Two of the stitch dogs have started to wrap human hands, several human hands around multiple rungs and sides of the ladder everywhere and start to scurry their way up. No, no, no. Don't like that. Do not like. Do not want. I much enjoy that. Good for you. <laughs> not my thing. All right. Let me get my composure firearms roll ready here because I am I'm blasting off. White Wolf, if you ever listen to me. I love the style of your books, but spend two months making your index, please. God, this is so hard to reference in game. All right, three successes. So I need someone to roll five dice for me. I got you. Are you sure? That's three successes. The pair of stitch dogs gathers themselves. They drop down on the rung, and you can see them start to swing forward. And as they leap into the air... Tommaso's finger tightens on the trigger of the shotgun. A blast rings out. The pellets spread wide, far enough that they catch both stitch dogs in the face. It doesn't throw them back, it doesn't stop them, but it is enough to cause them to miss their leap and land almost a few steps above him. We're in the melee combat now. Guillermo was very ready for this. He's been flexing, he's been spoiling for this. What's happening? Yeah, I think at the, basically as soon as she goes to turn, like, eh, she's over it. 
he just like pounces and he's just gonna try to just give her some body blows. Okay. Give me uh this is strength plus brawl. You're doing and this he's unarmed. Specialized in brawl with kindred. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> she doesn't try to defend. Oh, okay, cool. Then that's six. Oh yeah. As Guillermo throws himself into the air, leaps across a row of dogs to do this. He can see some are clearly going to return the favor and come after him. He lands, and when his fist first strikes, it's like striking carapace. He can hear what sounds like he's punching a lobster or a crab. Her flesh doesn't feel like human flesh at all. It feels like an insect carapace that's been molded over and strengthened. He does manage to crack it, but you feel a really solid blow come through. Oh, yeah, she's easy. Just give her a couple one-twos. <laughs> but we'll see how that two works for you. Descartes, Jason. Jason blinks up to her, up behind her, just grabs a sword around the throat and just slices it. This is strength plus melee. I will willpower. Those were three times. <laughs> Holy yes! shit. Yeah. There's a time to do it. <laughs> Gotta that love that. Is... Eight successes. Oh! Eight successes. Clear Vision's Force Ghost is crying. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you could do it. He finally did one! <laughs> Jason blinks around Guillermo, who has just punched this figure in the back, ends up kind of to the side of her with his arm around her throat and cuts deep, digging the sword in. He feels an incredible amount of resistance against his blade as he cuts in and pulls tight. It doesn't feel like he's cutting a human throat at all, but it does feel like it's grinding across bone almost. It cuts deep, but he doesn't even see any blood flow out. It's a satisfying blow, and he knows he's done a ton of damage to her, but her head doesn't come off in his hands like he hoped. Descartes? So I'm just swiping at the nearest dog. Okay. So I need two people, three people to roll five dice for me. I'll get one. Uh, the three people who aren't one. getting attacked. How fact. many hunger die? None. Okay. Five? Hmm? Is this strength plus brawl for my attack? Four successes. Four successes. Three successes. Mm-hmm. Descartes swings back with his hand and swings forward, and one of the stitch dogs has opened its human mouth close to him, and he feels... The claws on his fair weapon slip inside of its mouth and scrape along the top of it. He can see, actually, his claws come out through its eyes. Oh! He pulls them out. It's still standing, though, but God, this dog looks fucked up. I got I got your third one. I've got two and three. Two and three? So sorry for whoever gets this one. <laughs> well, okay, what was the second one you rolled? Second one I rolled was two six uh two successes Guillermo ducks out of the way as two dogs close and leap towards him he just drops down onto his shoulder and they both come over top of his head and over everyone who is huddled together fighting the tall willowy flesh sculptor and what is the third crit and it's uh, four successes four successes Descartes <laughs> as you're pulling your feral weapon fingers out of the first dog's eye sockets. The second one comes in and bites at you, chomping down at your leg for a total of 
Six superficial damage. The dogs begin to close in and fill the gaps in their ranks. I need someone to go ahead and roll roll four dice for me and tell me the results. What, what each one is? Yeah. One, five, six, six. Great. Jason and Guillermo, as you are wrestling with the dogs who have attacked you, and as you are fighting this figure, you feel it go limp and liquid and lithe and suddenly it drops the red cloak that it's wearing falls away flat onto the floor you hear a sucking squelching sound and the garment falls totally flat unwrinkled on the floor you hear a voice sounding like it's coming from the very cavern walls themselves say I seek not to destroy you I would not destroy you any more than I would destroy a beautiful painting. I merely seek to set your feet upon the path. And the dogs stop, and they form ranks, leaving a path down the middle. Hey, then. Uh, Guys, I clearly knew that this was what she was doing. That's why I told those dogs to sit. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> right. Oh, 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 Mistress Bone Lady, just... <laughs> Just remember, yeah. I did not Where are the dogs kill going? any of yeah, your dogs. Yep, yep, yep. Gordon's two steps ahead, like always. They're <laughs> seated. They're seated? And they just like have like a like an alley? Yeah. They, I, I, are they going to start marching down somewhere? I, I, I'll, I'll watch. Of do- I'm in the back. I'll watch them. <laughs> so is this like the Imperial March scene where like... No, 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 no. It's um, just chill. The march in um, Fantasia. Yeah. They're all like... Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You see each of the stitch dogs that was growling and acting aggressive before closes its human stretched out mouth and take its motley collection of legs and pull them in tight and take a seat in classic watchdog good boy ready style. But they're not displaying any signs of aggression. They walk and they form perfect row by row ranks, leaving a parade walkway down the middle. TM, 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 by the way. I got, a, I got a ton of questions about how she got him to sit crisscross applesauce like that. <laughs> Tomasa's blocked from going the other way because the two that landed further away from him. So with that, he shoulders the shotgun again, and now he'll slide down the ladder. Tomasa slides down the splintery ladder and gets a couple of splinters in his hand. It does a half point of superficial damage rounded down to a quarter, so he's okay. <laughs> Trust me, he doesn't even feel that at this point. <laughs> That does kill. <laughs> <laughs> that torpor. That, that one splinter travels through his bloodstream to his heart. Boom. Boom. Wow. Ow. Big season two spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> All you had to do was drive it home and the monster was destroyed. <laughs> it's like JFK in the magic bullet. It's yes. Tommaso in the magic stake. <laughs> You come at the dawn, you best not miss. I just yell I yell out at it. Are you leading us to the ward then? You don't want to have a face-to-face fight? What hey, is this? Li- listen, I, I think we can deal with this in our own way. Come on. This is going to be interesting. Yeah. I'll take it as a win. Yeah. As you should. Let's do it. I saw what you did. An army of two style. I will back to back with Tommaso down the parade. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like sidestep crab walking. Like, <laughs> no, we keep, we keep we keep turning in a circle. You know, yes. <laughs> we're constantly watching all areas. 
Just like just like we practiced. Yeah, we're two halves of the same idiot. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually kind of true. Gordon pulls out a dog treat and just hands one to a dog as he passes. Okay, you have to roll resources for dog treats. Come on. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, I'll roll I, I'm resources. kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We don't need to waste time on that. He holds it in front of he the dog. He succeeds. Yeah, I, I'll take half. And yeah, succeed. yeah, fair enough. There's no reaction from it. None at all. Now, if you had beef jerky. <laughs> the nostrils flare a little bit, though. Don't you know, Ben? Every spy takes a few dog treats with him on every mission. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. What are you going to do when you come across a guard dog and you don't want him to, like, kill you? You give him a dog treat. Or just kill it. You begin to walk down the parade aisle formed by the stitch dogs. You can see that the cavern you're standing in goes on, winding and twisting, very narrow passageway. Hey, I knew that guy. Maybe now's not the time to uh, be giving him high fives and handshakes. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do this marathon man style and just <laughs> start jogging down. The yeah, yeah. Hands up. <laughs> yeah, both, both arms out. High yeah. fives all the way to high fives. Yeah. I saw how Jed did it. I can do it too. <laughs> now's your moment. Now's your moment. <laughs> do it. What are you doing? Getting high five. Yeah, we, we, we totally said apparently. what we're doing. No, we're, we're, we're walking yeah, we're through. Just, we're, doing we're, high we're, fives. Pre- we're proceeding. We're proceeding where we're supposed to go. You reach the end of the honor guard of dogs. You see the cavern goes onward. Do you follow it going deeper? I don't think we have any other choice. They've been closing ranks behind us, right? No. Mm. Hey, Bone Lady, can you give us a guide through this darkness? There's no response. Bone Lady, what's your name? I'd like to quit referring to you as Bone Lady. Still is no response. Let's just go and find her, all right? Come on. Yeah, just keep walking. Yeah, pull out a flashlight and keep going. The whole reason we're here is probably in this direction. You continue on for a few minutes. Around each corner, you're apprehensive. You pause and check to make sure it's clear. At one point, you walk down a steep slope. Switchbacks cut into it back and forth, and you see a small waterfall next to you that begins and forms a small stream that now the path you're on is running alongside. I need someone to roll one die for me. Seven. Seven. Tommaso. Fuck. You get a text underground. Surprising. Yeah? You're looking around and you see the waterfall that's coming in. It may actually start from above. Hmm. You get a text. You see Rosetta's number. It says just two letters. S-I. So so I hold up my phone to everybody and I say, there's company upstairs. The kind we were trying to get away from. God damn it. Whatever. They're our secondary problem. I agree. Let's keep going. I have to agree. We we came here for a reason. Let's just get this ward and we'll figure out with them later. I'm going to take a second and I'm just going to quickly text back, call back up. You send it. Someone roll another D10 for me. I would love to. Yes, please. This time. One. Oh, my God. <laughs> the one time. <laughs> the text just sits on Tommaso's screen. <sighs> Does not send. You continue onward. You're in complete pitch blackness. You're following Guillermo's flashlight. I'm sure several others of you have pulled out flashlights or using your cell phones. Or you have dark vision. I don't fucking know. We're all elves. Let's not not have Gordon try to roll the freeze. But I can see in color. I'm just saying. 
It's far out, man. <laughs> I can't see in color in real life. <laughs> you walk onward. Eventually, who is in front? Probably me right now. No, yeah. I think we G-Money, because he's got the flashlight. Okay. Uh, yeah, you yeah. Right? so I think it's me. I and, brought a couple. It's me It's me and Guillermo. We said we were back-to-back, so, yeah. Yeah, but going too slow for me, so I'm out in front. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> okay. Hey, the kid is really anxious to go in here. Yeah, I can understand why, for several reasons. I gotta respect it. He's got, a, he's got initiative. <laughs> As Jason rounds a corner, he looks and he sees what looks like glowing... Soft, warm light, orange light. It looks like firelight, almost. Well, that light's the wrong color. Mm-hmm. Looks like a light in the distance, and he can occasionally see by that light shadows being casted on a wall nearby. Many of them. Many, many of them. Are they all dancing in the moonlight? Naked and erect? They could be. <laughs> We're going to find out. He's out. <laughs> well, uh, so, yeah, we got a lot of Something here. Can I send one of my rats in? You absolutely may. Which one are you sending? Georgina the 12th. <laughs> hey, have you seen my sister? Nope. <laughs> she went that way. She's, she, we lost her on the surface somewhere. Okay, if I see her, I'll let you know. Thank you. Georgina the 12th <laughs> scurries off and she comes back really fast. It smells terrible there. I couldn't even. I, I walked over and it's like there's this line that I can't cross. I tried to, but it just, it's so scary. I can't do it. Hmm. Okay. Thank you. And I'll relay that to the group. Well, there's no point in turning back now. Come on. What happens if you cross that line? <laughs> we'll know until we get there. <laughs> Is it one of them uh, bar- barriers or whatever? It might, it might be one of them, them wards. Yeah, Jason, do you I went, see a ward? Are you seeing anything, kid? Go ahead and give me wits plus a cult. Jason, you wouldn't lie to us about this being a ward, right? We're about to find like he's a terrible liar, so we'll find <laughs> well, out if he is. Only occasionally. <laughs> hey, you I'm might have been pretty. Do not get hungrier. Man. Yes. <laughs> Three in a row. Yeah. And crit again. <laughs> Nick nice. stole in my mojo. What the fuck? That's Seven successes. Seven successes. I shouldn't even make you. You guys have gotten so strong that I really just shouldn't bother with dice rolls. Hey, why, why do we even bother playing this game? We're so strong. Right. We're practically gods. We like, should probably just assume that you win. You're right. Yeah. I take that. Let's move on <laughs> to a system where we're not that way. Let's play some Cypher. <laughs> Jason opens his eyes and looks into the realms beyond, and he sees... A shimmering soft blue light falling like a sheet around the cavern the orange firelight is coming from. He knows, and in fact, Alan told him very specifically at one point, the Sabbat are known for using a ritual called Bielza Beat It. <laughs> that repels you made that up yes Beals a beat it B-E-E-L-Z-E beat it yes Beals a beat it oh no it's powered by sperm that the Sabbat often protect their havens with the 
Beelzebedit ritual that causes vermin to scutter away and find an area repellent so they can't be spied upon. Oh, Bill. I feel targeted. Yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't bother us, though, right? All the same, I just part it like a curtain. <laughs> Jason <laughs> does realize that this means there is a fairly competent blood sorcerer in this area. We probably met him already. Figures. Yeah, I just keep walking. Barely even notice it. And yeah, as I approach it, I'm just, like I said, just part it like a curtain. Jason sweeps it aside with an annoyed flourish of his hand, and it is gone. Hold it open for Descartes. (laughs) Here, Descartes, I'll just get this out of the way for you. No, thank you. Thank you. Does anyone else smell that? Smell what? I'm choosing not to. It's gone now. Do Do I need the duck or something? What's going on? So I'm walking into this cavern. He's got both swords held, low ready, and he steps. So he's walking boldly into this cavern. I am, yes. Jason steps in. He sees, first, it takes a little while for his eyes to adjust. There's bright... I'm also ready to dodge anything that comes at me, but yeah, I'm walking in. There is intense, bright firelight. Burning hot, Jason can almost feel that It's pulling and pushing the beast within him. He can tell that this could trigger a frenzy if he were to get close enough to it. He sees a huge bonfire built like a tent, conical standing. He sees that in front of it, there's a figure, not the bone lady that he saw before, but a tall man wearing a cut-off denim jacket with greasy hair, greasy black hair pulled back into a long ponytail that reaches most of the way down his back. And he's speaking at the crowd. As he's talking, Jason can see that at his back, he sees a figure on a stone plinth with a wooden stake driven through its chest. He sees the figure speaking, the man in the denim vest, addressing a huge crowd, a crowd of at least at least 40 beings in here standing around the fire. Jason looks in and he begins to listen. The man is clearly some kind of packed priest delivering a sermon to the gathered Cainites. And he says, Cain and Abel were brothers. Cain killed his brother, most likely as a sacrifice to God. And God rewarded Cain for that bountiful sacrifice by transforming him into a higher being with godlike powers of his own. God set him to rule over the kind and to prey upon the faithful so that they would be more fervent. It goes on like that for a while. What are you doing? Shoot him. You're going for it? <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> All right. Give me composure firearms. <laughs> is this not your sire? No, that is not his sire. No, no Okay. Not, not that is not Alan. I'm unsure if the guy on the table Yeah, I was about to say, I think... But the speaker is not. Yeah, I think the stake guy might be Alan. So what was it? Composure? Composure, firearms. Rouse the blood. Do not get hungrier. What? (laughs) I told you, this is all because JT and I rolled, like, crits every uh, time. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, Yeah, it's my turn. Five. Five. Jason's shot rings out, lands perfectly on the man... He doesn't flinch. He looks over in Jason's direction and he says, Well, don't be a stranger. Come on in. There's space for everyone here. Now that I've said hello, introduce yourself. Are you walking in? (laughs) Somebody's a badass. (laughs) 
That's how you say hello? (laughs) (laughs) It is now. It sounds more like Tommaso style. (laughs) Are you... (laughs) He taught me something. Yeah. (laughs) There we go. Do you enter the cavern? Mm Mm-hmm. So as you're closing in, getting close to the fire, Jason can feel the heat on his skin. It amazes him that so many of what he knows are certainly kindred. Canites, they would call themselves, are standing around. The man in the denim jacket looks at Jason and he says, Name's Neil Salazar, pack priest, leader of the Path of Cain. I think I know who you are. I've been expecting you for some time. We were told you're coming. We have a gift for you. Which is? He gestures over his shoulder. Oh. Oh, no. What is your intention here? Merely to watch one realize themselves, to see one achieve the ideal that Cain laid down for us at the beginning, become as powerful as you can be. Yeah. Regicide's on the menu, boys. (laughs) This one behind me wasn't worthy of the power he had. It belongs in your hands. In my hands. Indeed it does. If he were stronger, he wouldn't have come to us begging for us to make him stronger, for us to give him the blood of the Methuselah that we've captured. Okay, yeah, I don't believe a thing you say. So how about we wake him up and see what he says? You're free to do that if you can touch him. Okay. Too hot to handle, too cold to hold, he say. <laughs> hey, uh, Did you he not take any damage from that bullet? <laughs> You watch, and as Neil is speaking to you, you see his skin begin to close, and he pushes the bullet out. Uh, hey, kid, um, it, I, I, I take it that's your sire over there? What's going on? I have no idea. They're trying to perform some ritual on him. Tomaso and Guillermo walk out. Circling. Yeah, no, I mean, we, yeah, exactly. I, I, I say that at the point where I'm facing Jason, and then quickly I'm turned away again. <laughs> you two step in, and as you circle around, you see you're standing in a room How is that, that is fire sitting, very tall and very hot, very high. How is it built? Built like a big cone. I'm not a fan of this. I'm going to activate unseen passage. You activate Unseen Passage. Worth a shot. There are probably 50 kindred standing in here with you right now. That's fine. That's why I said worth a shot. This is fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're in the, literally in a burning room. This is fine. Yeah. This is fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try something. I want you to try oh, something. God. <laughs> I'm uh, hoping you will. <laughs> uh, Gordon's going to step out next to Jason, and he's going, going to say... Uh, Pack Priest Salazar, thank you for the lovely gift you've given my compatriot Jason here. We have an equally good gift for you. How would your fellow congregates like to be fed? Neil looks at you. His eyes make, he makes eye contact with you and a knowing look crosses his face. And he says, I've heard about you too. I know that you're here because you take power where you see it. You have claimed the gift of Cain. I have. And I kneel for you. Oh, and wonderful. kneel, kneels. <laughs> like he says, uh, your, your congregation looks hungry, Neil. Indeed they are, ready to be unleashed. So upstairs in the cavern are some humans that, are, that we have brought to you as a, a feast. 
Indeed, you have brought them, and we're aware they're coming, and they'll make their way through passage after passage. As the Lady Katarina reshapes these caverns along their way, but we got a good few minutes to talk before they arrive. Perfect. I just want to make sure that we give you the gift of life. and uh, The gift of life. Yes, that is what we bring. Life is cheap. Life is a cheap castaway good. The real gift is eternal unlife. We lord... We were given this world. No, we, so, so yes, we were given the gift of eternal unlife, but I bring you sustenance for yeah. that unlife. In fact, can I, can I raise a point of order real quick? These bastards want to take away our gift of unlife, and they're very skilled at doing so. I think that's debatable about skilled, but. You can keep saying that, but it was a close thing last time. Let's be honest. Respect the skill. That's that's very true. I heard there was a there was some red confetti last time. Neil gets to his feet and he says, there's no shame in run in from agents of the Second Inquisition when you gotta. But this time we're ready for them. They won't be leaving these caverns. All right. Glad to hear that. You have more important business to be about. Absolutely. Gordon wants to look at the body. I do have one special request real quick. There's one with them named Lucas Thorne. I want that one alive. Yeah, you'll you'll notice that he's the one with a hook for a hand. Yeah, he's very easy to spot. You might want to say he's hands off. (laughs) (laughs) And then Guillermo like slaps his knee and say, that's the kind of sick and twisted humor that we're bringing to this bargain. So that's how you know it's a good deal. (laughs) oh he salvaged it thank you neil just looks at the three of you and he says i'll be sure to pull that one out we're not planning to make this short and fast for them though we've got need of the blood that's in them all right okay we're we're on the same wavelength here i like this have your fun can look i want to look at the body that is i'm assuming staked on the altar? Yes, it is staked. Yes, there is a body laying staked on a stone plinth. Is is it emanating green? It is not emanating green light, no. This is not the ward. <laughs> you look at it, and Jason, you've been studying it for a while. Now, this is clearly Alan. We see locks of long black hair, neatly combed as though the body has been prepared for this. He's wearing... Simple clothing, simple black leather. You've seen his hands many times clenched around the sword that you're holding on your back. His eyes are closed peacefully. Kid, is is this... Yeah. Are these people going to let me walk up there now? They weren't preventing you yeah, from walking I up. I think you can... Yeah. No, I'm, I'm going to be right by your side as I do this. And once we get up there and I look the body over, I say, All right, um... Are you both approaching it? Yes, I am. As you approach, the heat becomes intense. (laughs) It becomes incredibly intense. You're not sure how Neil has been standing where he's standing for so long, but you know the Sabbat have rituals that they use to protect themselves from fire. Okay, yeah, we need to put this fire out. As you get closer, you can feel that. If you try to touch... Yeah, I stop. Hey, Neil, can you... uh... Do whatever it is to us that you did to yourself to keep this fire. Yeah, we need the temperature backed off yeah, just a little we, bit. We need some AC in here. <laughs> well, we'd 
considered that you might ask that question, and I'd be pleased to offer it to you. Of course, like many gifts, this one ain't free. What's the catch? You'll be severing bonds, severing all your ties back to the Camarilla. Any blood bond you have, it'll be broken. Okay. Blood bond would be broken, you say? Anyone you have, any bond the Camarilla is using to keep you down, any power your sire has over you, you'd be set free. Oh, Do whatever you please. none of these things. Proceed. (laughs) He says it'll be just a moment. Stand over there. And Neil pulls out a black stone rough-cut bowl. He opens a vein with a long, jagged black fingernail. And he begins to walk around to each member of the room. Each of them, in turn, opens a vein and pushes Vitae into it. You see the bowl starts to fill. Once it's filled over, he walks around and he offers a drink to each member of the congregation standing there before taking a sip for himself. You see his blood-stained face, and he offers the bowl to Jason. All right, I'll drink. Okay, kid, good luck. Jason takes it and he drinks. Jason is a Banu Hakim. The Banu Hakim crave vampire Vitae above (laughs) all else. Yeah. This is like nothing he has ever experienced. The force of a thousand lifetimes is coursing through him right now. Frenzy resists drinking the whole bowl. (laughs) This. Chug, 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 chug. Oh. <laughs> All of a sudden, you see Jason do a keg stand. <laughs> How did he shotgun this? What? <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. It's okay. a large bowl. Forget getting a funnel. <laughs> Jason drinks his fill, and as he does, he begins to feel his loyalty to his coterie mates. Why has he been working with them for so long? What's my taste for blood? Tell me about it. Let's read about that power, because that's a real interesting spot. That's an excellent question. That's a great question. (laughs) Okay, so I can determine the residence and intensity of the blood if human. I can also identify whether the blood belongs to a mortal, ghoul, vampire, or other creature. Considering you just saw a bunch of vampires. (laughs) I didn't know this information already. Yeah, I was going to say, you probably know all this information. I'm psychic. What are you talking about? (laughs) I think it came from that guy and that guy and that lady. (laughs) Actually, it all came from Neil. Also determines the relative blood potency. A critical win also reveals whether the subject has ever committed diablerie. I'm going to say yes in this group. (laughs) I'm just waiting for Jason's head to pop up. And And the generation. That guy didn't give blood. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I think that using a taste for blood on this is like a sensory overload. (laughs) Oh, he's tripping balls, man. (laughs) Oh, God, he's going (laughs) to (laughs) come. It's his last one. He's got to save it. (laughs) Like, poor innocent Jason. (laughs) Are you looking for like something in particular? No. (laughs) Okay. They're all like a scattering of generations. No one is really that old. Like, there's no one here who's like ninth generation. I drank the blood. Jason begins to feel. A sense of belonging. He's found his fellows, not kindred canites, beings who are not afraid of being themselves, who are not afraid of searching for power. Alan restrained himself when he joined the Camarilla. Hmm. 
I uh I don't feel any different. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Massive Tommaso side eye right now. <laughs> Yo, Jason, who's your best buds? These guys. <laughs> That's what I thought. Hey, didn't lie. <laughs> Jason is still holding this stone bowl. It's kind of heavy, actually. It's a big, coarse piece of rock. Yeah, one strength is pretty heavy. Do I still feel the heat of the fire, though? The heat of the fire begins to fade. Yeah, okay. Here. I pass it to Tommaso. Tommaso looks at it for just a second and says, no, passes it on. Who does he hand it to? I think he hands it to Gordon. Gordon, straining to hold this massive bowl, looks at it and says, this is not the kind of power I seek, and passes it to the cart. Neil raises an eyebrow at that. I can see that you've done it before. Oh, it's not the blood that that I'm worried about. Decor takes the bowl and stares at it for a moment and then puts it up to his lips. Descartes has been pushed around and put upon by Lonnie and Pascal for so long, and now here is a group that is prepared to accept him. No strings attached, no fetters, no stupid waiting in a sewer for an interesting mission to do. He begins to drink, and it is the most delicious taste of his unlife, an unlife spent feeding on rats avoiding his nature as a kindred, hiding himself away in sewers. He begins to feel himself grow stronger, more powerful. He can feel the potency of every kindred in the room being given to him. And he feels like Jason is the only member of his coterie who has ever understood what Descartes is going through. So I glance at Jason, just give a nod, and then I'll hand it to Guillermo. When he hands it to Guillermo, I turn to Tommaso and I just whisper in the the, the quietest voice, I feel like they're drinking the clay. And I give the slightest nod possible. Guillermo takes the bowl and then immediately takes a big gulp of it. <clears throat> Guillermo is a thin blood. He is fortunate as a thin blood that he's a day drinker because it gives him utility. <laughs> he saw what Suzanne went through. She fled from the city of Lafayette that the Hecata call home. She fled and tried to build a little empire of her own. Mm -hmm. And when she learned she had to go back, she instead betrayed her family to avoid that life. Guillermo, with the first opportunity to gain power that's offered to him, a group that will accept him for nothing more than his kindred nature, he seizes it. Oh, yeah, he does the exact same. He feels himself a thin blood now draining the vitae of another kindred and he's got that little condition that vitae addiction mm -hmm. vitae dependency love it <laughs> <laughs> he feels the blood fill and slide down his throat coppery salty and he finds a strange closeness to descartes and jason and neil and all of the other canites in the room even the word kindred starts to sound soft brotherly. You were descendants of Cain. Cainite is the correct word. He takes the bowl and looks right at Tommaso and says, uh, that, that wasn't that, that bad. You gotta do that line. 
Gamble on that one. Wow, turn my whole lap around. <laughs> Here's your out. Yep. Uh, hey, don't, don't fuck me up. Slap me twice, call me Sally. <laughs> Look, I, I don't know what you, what you want to do with the family or whatever, but I'm just saying that the family isn't the people who gave birth to you, who forced you into servitude and forced you into a blood bond against your contract. Sometimes you just got to choose your own family. And these guys seem, they seem pretty cool. And we're going to, we're going to build something here. So I kind of like this guy. All right. You made your choice. I had a lot to offer you. I don't know if I can do that now. What is Jason doing? Going back up to the altar and uh, de-staking Alan. Jason pulls the stake out of Alan's chest. Tommaso and Gordon stand back. Alan does not move. Jason looks and sees that Alan's awake, but he doesn't move. Then I take his sword, cut my arm a little, and feed him some Vitae. Jason pulls the stake out of Alan, opens a vein, and begins to offer Alan his own Vitae. This will make Alan a thrall of Jason, and Jason is aware of that. Alan's eyes slowly open, and you see a manic, crazed beast. You see a face that at first was blank and calm, that entered torpor with a sense of calmness and serenity about it. As soon as the eyes snap open, that sense of serenity is gone. Alan's eyes squeeze tight, his hands shoot up, and they wrap around Jason's arm, and you feel Alan's fangs bite deep, deep, deep into you. You know that Alan now is in the throes of a hunger frenzy with the Banu Hakim clan Bane. <laughs> oh, boy. Called that. So we're going to have to roll some dice. <laughs> a few, I think. Alan, Alan, control yourself, Alan. You can hear Alan is gnashing his teeth. Jason can hear the sound of teeth skittering across bone as Alan works his jaw. If the test has failed, they attempt to gorge themselves on vampire blood, sometimes until they diabolize their kindred victim. Mm -hmm. Jason feels Alan draining the life from him. One rouse check gone already, the one required to wake Alan up. Will Alan get the second one? Let's find out. Next time on Monster Game. <laughs> I need... Jason is locked in hand-to-hand -hand combat with his sire right now. He can feel Alan's hands wrapping around, pulling tighter. I need a roll is, of strength plus brawl. Oh, problematic. Can, that's real problem. Can I roll this? opposed with him? Because I want to pull the head off. Yes, if you are going to go help, yeah, you're going to rush in and help. Yes, you would help your clanmate. I need someone to roll nine dice for me. Oop, gosh, you got it. I don't even have nine dice. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> Any hunger? They're all four of the. What? He slaked one uh, hunger. <laughs> yeah, five hunger dice. He awakens at five hunger, so he has five hunger dice. <laughs> uh, that's four successes. Yeah, I used willpower and got seven. So I just like. Come in, put him in like a, I don't even know, like a like a chicken wing, and yeah, then like sure. pull his, grab the back of his head. He's got long hair. Yeah, and like yeah. just pull his head back so he's not like gnashed onto Jason's arm. 
You see Alan's head is still like chomping fangs up in the air around. He's still struggling and fighting to get free. He's no longer wrapped around Jason, though. Alan is still in a hunger frenzy. Hey, uh, Neil, do you have two guys that maybe you don't want anymore? <laughs> that, that would like to sacrifice themselves <laughs> for the greater good? the weakest link. As all this is going on, Tommaso's like slinking back further and further toward the exit. Neil looks at Gordon and he says, I value every member of this pack far above what I value that one. That's what I was afraid of. Okay, then. It's your choice if you want to save him or keep him around as some kind of servant. But I ain't going to contribute any blood to the cause. Gordon noticing that Tommaso has backed away a little bit hearing that Gordon kind of just slowly walks back as well I'm going to go try and find some takeout uh, out here and Gordon just walks into the darkness of the exit that we came through well anyway (laughs) (laughs) okay bye big gulps huh (laughs) see ya you know what's crazy you know what's really goddamn crazy Gordon could swear the exit was right here. Oh, fuck. He just went through it. It was right here. Yeah. Turns around and walks face first into a wall. But he slides down the wall a little bit. There's an opening right here. And, and I, 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 Tomasa whispers to Gordon, this is real bad. Real bad. You guys can have time for an aside. That's okay. Like, take it full in character. It'll be interesting. What? This is completely in character. No, Gordon in character says, hey, guys, one second. <laughs> Okay, And he grabs Tommaso by the shoulders and he says, I don't know what to do here because these three fuckers have clearly like just blown away the coterie. I don't know if we're a coterie anymore. I, I think we're a coterie too. Do we decide to go and find the wards? We can at least complete what we came here for or do we just peace out? What are your thoughts? I got to find a way to finish the job. That, I, that's kind of the way I'm feeling. Okay. Gordon turns back to Neil and says, Neil, um, you know what we're here for. The problem is, I think they're trying to distract us from the ward with all of this. They're not going to just tell us where it is. As you say that, Guillermo looks at you holding Alan's head and goes, man, I I wish I had like a strong mafioso guy to help me. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) I I could really use another hand to just hold his legs. (sighs) (laughs) Listeners, you can't see the tears forming in my eyes. Is there anything I can roll to try to resist that? Oh, you absolutely can. Yeah. Step cousin, help me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Step cousin, I need help. I'm stuck. I'm, st- <laughs> I'm stuck. <laughs> All right, Mike's not crying anymore. <laughs> well, he is, but for a different reason. Yeah, different now. It's internal. <laughs> help! I'm stuck on this plinth. <laughs> I don't have enough shotgun shells for this. Neil, you know what we are here to do. Can you please tell me where the ward is that we are looking for so that we can take care of that? I'm afraid that Katarina will only show the way to someone who has taken a sip from the bowl. You mean this bowl right here? You motherfucking bastard. I knew it. 
I knew it. So where is it? You're a little distracted <laughs> at the moment, <laughs> sir. If she wants you to find it, you will. Is Katarina the bone lady? Just Alf character? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Obviously. Kitty, Katarina. Katarina Romanov, because we were using the Romanovs in our last campaign. Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, no. <sighs> There's a Lexi when you need him. God damn it. Jason, are you gra- what are you doing to resolve this? So, Guillermo has Alan, like, he's like waving him left and right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like, what? It's like a whole, where, where, do, you, where do you want him? He's ragdolling him right now. Basically. Yeah. Do you got him? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm just like sitting on his back legs and I have him just like the front half of his body just like sort of peeled up in like a snake pose. God. And I'm just like, holding it back his head. I mean, <laughs> luckily you're that strong because that's some poor technique. So, what are we doing? Feeding Alan. How? You come for us, it's popping off, right? Fucking no, I'm now. not coming for you. you Why would I come for you? <laughs> I think there's only a few <laughs> options you have available. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of fodder standing around me. We got we got any of them blood bags or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> not, re- not really my taste, but like, you know, some of these people like Jason, that. I hold a rat up to Alan's mouth. You, you no longer Alan, like 400 are beholden to your sire. Why are you trying to feed him? Because unlike the rest of you, I actually like my sire. I mean, I'm okay with mine. Mine's a dirty whore. (laughs) And I say that because it was my sister. (laughs) (laughs) Is is Descartes actually offering rats to Alan? A rat. A rat. Alan, Descartes kind of... (laughs) Real quick, throws it in there. Uh-huh. Alan chops down completely. Georgina the 12th. Hey, why would you put me in this? No! <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, guys. That was nothing. You heard nothing. Straight up rips her head off, guzzles her like a Capri Sun, and just throws it away. Yeah. Wants like well, now that he's more. ended a life by feeding. <laughs> he's down to zero. The frenzy ends, right? If that if that works, I'm going home. No, no, because his blood potency is two, so animals do nothing for him. Exactly. Other than just fun. Yeah, other than just fun. I mean, like, I mean, it was, an, it, it was a nice strawberry. Maybe flavor. he's just like a freak, and he loves the dirty animal taste. Yeah, know. Know. How much you like your sire now? I thought they take so just let him go in the direction of one of these Sabbat people, little freaky boy, and then he'll do the rest. I don't think they're gonna let him. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Would you let them go after our coterie like that? Animal and bagged blood slakes half hunger. We give him two rats. It takes like (laughs) several rats to slake a point of hunger. It's a lot. I was to say like so it will be a good number of rats, and I would probably put a stain on. Uh, I, wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't do that. Yeah, like you it wouldn't would be like putting them the rats. rats into a garbage disposal. All right, so <laughs> put the rats in a blender. <laughs> I need to know something at the table right now. The three of you, since you have broken the bonds of the coterie, do your characters feel like they are part of the coterie or part of the sabbat? I'd say pure, pure numbers. We are the coterie. Fuck off. <laughs> that is my question. Yeah. Sounds are... like you abandoned the coterie. I was never part of a coterie. I am an on mission with or without. And what's, what's your mission in this instance? To continue our original objective. Because right now I'm just playing to get the information. I, don't, I just don't know if this is a game you can win. I just have this other obstacle that I'm trying to get over at the moment. 
I, I'm, I'm literally at, at a a point where you got to leave. Yeah, I don't believe that Gordon would, if if the ward is being blocked from him, and he would have to drink whatever this magic potion is, the Valduri. Yeah, yeah, and come, and come. <laughs> Only a little. <laughs> it's just from Neil. That was, yeah. Come on. That's our boy. Yeah. That was from Jerry. Yeah. He's like that. He's it's, just like little, it's just a little jerk biscuit and Vitae. Come on. But <laughs> if, if it's going to require him to drink this to get to the ward, I don't know if Gordon would do that. Now how, Now who's going against the coder? <laughs> <laughs> and if that is your answer, is he would not do that. That's fine. That can be. You play your character. I this know. Is, this, is, this is a step too far for me as well. So. Okay. So. Here to try to do business. <laughs> so, you. <laughs> You're not I'm trying to do on. business. If you wanted to do bi- If you wanted to do business, we wouldn't have gone down this fucking path. Eat the head. <laughs> <laughs> and we're having a hard time doing anything right now with Alan here being all feral like. So exactly, that's the that's really the wrench. Let's let's get him fed so we can talk. Okay, how are you going to feed him? Because he's not going to give you one of his fucking congregation. I'm taking one physically and feeding it to him. Sacrifice your body. Yes, I'm Both. just gonna grab one by the shoulders and just throw it at him. Why don't Tommaso? Why don't you feed him? Taking half, fuck off. <laughs> no. Why don't you feed him? Uh, you can't take half on this. Not when it's a repeated roll. Role. Yeah, when it's a contest. All right, I'll fucking roll it then. Let's go. So, so you what said... are you rolling? He's rolling to ignore fucking... Oh, I'm just being the, okay. <laughs> the devil on his shoulder. Exactly. The Domidor telling his thrall to throw himself. Intelligence composure, he said. Intelligence resolve. Intelligence Watch him hunger frenzy. <laughs> <laughs> not one success Whew, okay tell me when 10 seconds has gone by <laughs> <laughs> kidding I'm kidding <laughs> we could be here all night so Jason you just said we're doing business we just want to get Alan fed Neil looks at you and said you know Alan wasn't a problem until you pulled that steak out of him you could just put him back down right now you take one of my people we're going to have words about that. Okay, well, how about you just tell us where this ward is, and I'll take him, and we can all go. You're going to keep him under control. Good luck. But Katarina will show you the way if she wants you to find it, if she thinks you're ready. I want to hear her say it right now, that she's going to take us to the ward. You hear a voice coming from the cavern walls itself say, You have placed your feet upon the path. I will show you the way. There is still a price to be paid at its end, though. Which is? I tell you. (laughs) It's not going to stop me from asking. (laughs) You will learn when the time is right. How are you guys feeling about that? Terrible. Should we go to the ward? Yes, let's go to the fucking ward so that we can finish this. I take Alan's head and I stretch him out like a cat. And I activate and extinguish Vitae and put him into torpor. All right. Okay. okay. Hell yeah. <laughs> About time. Why not just stick the... Why do you even take the goddamn stake out? This is Gordon asking. If you're literally just going to put him back in the torpor, why the fuck take the stake out? It looked painful. Would you feel Would you feel comfortable with a stake in your chest? Doesn't matter to me. <laughs> I, that would probably be horrible. So uh, probably not. 
Tell me, what does it feel to have your Vitae extinguished? Gordon, you should have some sympathy for, for Jason here. He was just really caring about his his, his family. His family he doesn't member. care about his sire anymore. But it's his it's his father. <laughs> but it's not he doesn't care about him anymore. Yes, I do. No, he does. He does. He's straight up said it. Yeah, he does. He likes him. He's a nice guy. Even if he's not dominated too. Jason, you want to feed him? Jason. Yeah, uh, what's your name? Tommaso? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's all, getting fu- it's all getting fuzzy. I'm not rolling for that one. <laughs> <laughs> so you are... So, first of all, Alan, his head snapped back and his teeth yeah, you know chomping when you to, left and When right. you have to give a cat a pill and you like literally oh, yeah. stretch their whole body. Yes. <laughs> it sounds like you're playing fucking Castanistas right now. Like, <laughs> and then... <laughs> Jason looks at him, activates Extinguish Vitae, and Alan's rage-filled, frothing face falls back in a torpor. <laughs> Perfect. I'll, uh, I'll carry him if you want. Thank I don't you. Mind. I appreciate that. You're very helpful. Of course. Anything for you. Throws him over the shoulder and Fireman carries him. <laughs> All right. Let's go find this ward. Do you guys don't want to drink out of that bowl? <laughs> Get moving. Last chance. Okay. Gordon just walks down the path. Neil gestures towards a passageway that opens on the side, and he says, I believe that's the way that Katarina would like you to go. Everyone else has no problem passing through. When Gordon tries to step in, the floor opens up right beneath him. What? Not in time for him to drop through. He cannot pass this. He can see that it opens far enough that jumping beyond it would be impossible. He sees stalagmites descend from the ceiling. Fine. I think you and I are going to just have to stay back. And- yeah, Bone Lady, show me a way out. I I, I will leave. I get the, the hint. May not be the way out you lack. Gordon, just wait here. There's SI waiting for us up there. The two of us can't do it alone. We got to stay here. You all wait here. We'll go take care of this thing real lickety split. We'll come back. We'll pick you up. I appreciate your confidence. Go have fun. It's going to be great. Yeah, there's refreshments, too, if you get thirsty while we're gone. And then I just keep walking with Jason. (laughs) (laughs) The rest of the Coterie members proceed down the passageway. Guillermo has his flashlight out again in one shoulder while he's carrying Alan by the ankles over the older, over the other, shining it along. It's a pretty short walk. Very short. And suddenly, abruptly, Guillermo finds his toes hanging over the edge of a cliff. He sees that it opens into a complete void. You look out into the void, total blackness at first. Your eyes are used to the flashlight. But then Guillermo can pick out soft green light somewhere in the distance hanging. Jason is very familiar with this. He's the only one here who has any experience with it at all. And a voice says from above, seeming from the cavern itself, if you would claim the blood of the ward for yourself, Alan's life must be forfeit. <laughs> I fucking hate you. <laughs> <laughs> All of you hear this. Even us? Okay, Jason. Uh, Even you too. I can take the grief off your hands. You don't have to do it yourself. What do you mean Alan's life has to be forfeit? There's no answer. You don't got to be the guy. It's so just going to make you feel bad. The ward guy actually awake and talking to us? No, it's no, it's her. Oh. This is Katarina. Oh, okay. 
200 foot long chasm between you and the ward right now. You're standing in an open doorway that leads into nothingness. Also, if this is the time, if you got like any blood sorcery that lets us fly or turn into a bat or whatever you do, this would be a real good time to do it. Yeah, how would I just climb the walls? You hear the voice say, I think you will not like the results of that. Oh, but he does whatever a dry stand can. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jason, what's the... It's up to you. We're going to... I think we're going to support your decision. Yeah. I'm going to activate my clinging of the insect. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold Alice. <laughs> yeah. Jason activates clinging of the insect and feels the palms of his fingers get sticky. He grabs onto the wall and starts to climb out. And with a soft squelching sound, the wall closes. Jason's arms stuck partway through. Oh, the fuck? Fisting accident. <laughs> <laughs> Your sticky hands will not get you past this one. No, <laughs> sorry. I think you're, I think you're stuck. Make a choice. I'd like to shape change metamorphosis into a bat. Okay. And see if I can fly across. Window pane! The wall... <laughs> <laughs> the wall stays closed tight around Jason's okay. hand. Fair enough. Descartes flies over and with his little bat-like feet and claws kind of tries to wiggle through a gap between the arm and doesn't really make any progress. Turned into a worm. Okay, so should I just kill this guy or what are we doing? I, I think I, I, no. <laughs> he can't stop you. <clears throat> Gordon yells down the hallway. Oh, wait, we can't yell to them. They're if you want, bring him back here. I'll take care of it. No one's taking care of this. No. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna get comfortable. Yeah, okay, what are you gonna do with that arm? Pull it out of the wall. <laughs> Don't think I'm gonna let can. I'm gonna let this play out. <laughs> <laughs> Jason tugs at it. It's locked tight. Help, step cousin. Good <laughs> thing you didn't stick your wiener in there. <laughs> it might work eventually. I'm just pulling my arm out, trying to, struggling. Oh. Using a sword for leverage. <laughs> it could be another. I will allow you to pass. Nosferatu, day drinker. Either of you may be worthy. Wait, you guys have to sacrifice yourselves? No. One of them can choose to kill Alan. H how's that Coterie of Three working out for you? I'm just saying. Yeah. The throatery? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the duotery and the throatery. Paralyzed. Pretty much. Fuck you, Mike. God damn it. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry, actually. You so, guys uh, should be. You you I just want to say that this episode is cursed because Mike has split the party he is forcing you to kill your sire. I'm not forcing. You can say yes, no. Yes, you are. <laughs> hey, no, no, three of them took the bait. We could have said no. So we could have said no, but also not tried to cross. And that's what got us. Yeah, you're right. Have you seen Saw 5? It's yeah. when they break the trap that he gets his leg cut. Yes, that is true. Yeah, I mean, it, it could have been worse if all of us took the bait. Okay, uh, Jason, I'm going I'm to be real sorry about this, but... These boots came to kick. I'm going to throw Alan on the ground and stomp his head. Oh! <laughs> I was going to eat him if you didn't. 
it's real quick. He's not resisting. He's not fighting back. It takes a while to destroy a kindred's head. And I just blast him down. Yeah, Gordon, I don't think it's going very well in there. Okay, Jason, I gotta apologize. I will kill you! Because if I would have bit him, it would have hurt a thousand times worse. (laughs) He's right. (laughs) He's absolutely right about that. Okay, I can cross now. (laughs) (laughs) A portal just to the left of where Jason is standing with his hand trapped opens up. And you see a long bridge start to form. You see rocks shooting up from beneath the void and squelching along and forming a walking along oh, it's stone like every, curving it's with bridge. Every step, it's like I'm stepping onto the new platform. It's very intro to Kingdom Hearts style. Oh, like, sick. yeah. Or, yeah. I can't remember the game right now. It's not Friends very history. elegant. <laughs> <laughs> it starts to form underneath Guillermo's feet. He's walking along, and as he does, he's familiar with some things as part of the Clan of Death. He's seen some shit. He's seen what they do to specters, and he's seen the way that they trap and bind them. He's also seen, he's heard stories of Hakata rituals that can sever the veil that exists between the material world and the spectral world. The stories he's heard tell him that it gets very cold and you start to hear whispers and voices from beyond and he starts to hear voices in his ears oh god the coming <laughs> he starts to hear voices whispering many many of them the occasional scream the occasional shriek but he keeps walking a light guiding the way and eventually he finds himself standing alone on a plateau with one large plinth, with one large stone at the center, wrapped completely around the body of what is probably a kindred, soft green light emanating off of it, its head trapped and its feet trapped as well, anchored by a stalagmite and a stalagmite floor and ceiling being pulled apart continuously. A red stream of vitae flows into its mouth And all around it, there's a globe of what looks like spectral figures flitting around, as if there's an invisible, like, television screen wrapped around showing another reality beyond this one. Okay, I, uh, am not super, super knowledgeable about that, but do I just gotta kill this guy? Uh, Can you, can you help me with, with this strange voice lady? (laughs) Guillermo hears a voice coming from everywhere all at once simultaneously. And she says, the voice says, you must claim it for yourself. You must take the power for your own. You will serve as the vessel. Sounds good to me. And I'll just like sink my fangs into him. Too young for his own good. Diablery time. Yay. I'm not trying to diablerize him. I'm just trying to kill him. Yeah, also, I have the brutal feed option, so I'm just gonna, like, fucking slurp him dry in a single round. Shotgun in that one, all right. Cool, actually, that's good. So you're just trying to kill, you're not trying to deoplerize. That makes it easy. Guillermo opens his mouth of brutal, shark-like Hakata teeth, the ones that cause so much pain and damage, and he just bites down. He steps up close, turns his head a little bit to the side, and just rips out the throat of this figure. Their Vitae sprays all around him. He gets 
some of it on his clothes. It sprays and it slowly drains out. He watches as the soft green light begins to fade. He tastes Vitae, but he doesn't swallow. He doesn't try to take any of it for himself. Instead, he just attacks and destroys this kindred. He's got almost no idea what it is. Almost no clue what's happening. But as he watches, that thin ripple of reality, that fabric of reality that had specters skirting across it, begins to close in, get closer and closer and closer, and suddenly it passes by him, over top of him. He feels almost like a bubble, like a soft, thin soap bubble passed over him. Maybe there's some light residue on him, maybe not, but suddenly it collapses to a small ball at the center, and then it opens it forms what looks like an oval doorway filled with just dark, deep blackness that slowly starts to lighten and turn to a light gray. While Girmo is watching and looking in, he sees it turn soft gray like he's watching 1920s black and white television. He can see figures beyond many of them. He sees one, a man with a bald head ancient-looking, wrinkled heavily, wrestling with a woman with her hair pulled tight in a bun, topknot wearing 1800s-style clothing, a petticoat over top of her, as she and this being trade blows for a moment, then suddenly it flickers. In a new scene, he sees a black raven and a long, thin, sinuous bird bright white feathers, a dark patch along its face, locked in aerial combat with a raven. A crane and a raven doing battle, and the scene flickers, and he sees a small city, one he's never seen before that he couldn't recognize, but he sees an outpouring of spirits, of specters, all over top of it, jumping into people's bodies and taking control, and then it closes. And it stops. That was that was right. That I that I did it right. Tell me I did it right. Right. It is done. Your work is completed. We have a new job for you. Sounds good. Now just start strolling back across. Guillermo makes the return journey. No idea what he saw. A man and a woman fighting. A raven and a crane fighting. A city being destroyed or a city being invaded by spirits. What was all of that? He hasn't been here long enough to recognize any of it or any of the people involved. He gets back into the cavern, into the room where Descartes and Jason are waiting. The wall opens up. Jason's hand is freed. He can see the remnants of Alan's body on the floor. God damn it. Why? Why did it have to be like this? Cain gives his toughest battles to his strongest warriors. Gordon and Tommaso, a few moments, a long while passes. It's just awkward sitting in here with all of these people. The fire makes you really uncomfortable. You haven't had the... You haven't participated in the ritual that would make you safe. So you're kind of squishing yourselves into the corner away from it, even unnaturally, even subconsciously, you're doing this. But a little while later, you hear the voice that says, it is done. Neil looks at you and he says, 
Your friend did what we needed him to do. You can leave if you want, but I'd suggest you stay because it's going to get real bad out there real fast. You can. I don't think I'm going to be able to pull it off. And I got business to attend to, so I need to survive this. What are you going to do, Gordon? I'll bide my time for now. All right. Stick close. What happens with you three? Jason, I'm sorry. That was, that was, uh, I had to do what I had to do. When this is all over, you better disappear real quick. Just for now, feel lucky that we're sharing a bond. I understand. You'll come around. <laughs> Shall we head back up there? Yeah, I, I think so. I saw some weird visions, uh, specters of ghosts. Uh, there's a city and just like a lot of spooky stuff pouring out. And it seemed pretty ominous. I don't know if that's normal. Does that normally happen in the rituals like this? When you take a ward out? What happened? I saw like a... a I had a clear vision. <laughs> <laughs> that's when the, the theme music plays and then it freeze frames. <laughs> I never saw anything when I tried to kill one. Maybe it's because I'm... Or I was part of the Hakata. Or maybe it's because I can walk in the sun. Maybe it's because of that. That's a pretty cool superpower. Okay, well, you'll have to tell us exactly what you saw. Oh, yeah. It was, uh, I saw some old lady punching a dude in the face, and she had a bun, and she looked like a pilgrim. And then I saw, like, two birds, and they were duking it out, and they had boxing gloves on, and one of them had, like, real sick muscles with, like, sinews everywhere. And uh, and then the other one was, like, a big, big like, a, a huge skyscraper city, and there were ghosts just, like, shooting out and shooting into people's belly buttons. <laughs> Yeah, that doesn't sound great. That's that's what I thought, but I, you know? Yeah, I'm not feeling a whole lot of closure happening. <laughs> oh, there's going to be no closure for you. Yeah, yeah I'm there's, sorry There's going to be say. no closure for Alan either. Yeah. <laughs> but an opening. Yeah, he just got a new opening. You enter back into the firelight cavern where everyone has been awkwardly standing and sitting. You see Neil kind of nonchalantly leaning in a corner, indescribable expression on his face. The other canites in the room have begun to make small talk among themselves. You see, as Guillermo enters, each of them gives a respectful nod. I'm starting up to Neil, not even breaking my stride. Guillermo walks up to Neil. Neil turns towards him and says, I hear you did what needed to be done. I did what needed to be done. Also, I saw like a weird television screen and it was like black and white and I saw a crane and a raven fighting and a city and uh, a ghost shooting into people's bodies um, and an, an old pilgrim woman punching a bald guy in the head. Oh, shit. Uh, does that sound familiar to now. you? I've heard of things like this. You just unleashed a whole lot of specters. The ones that the being that was anchored by the ward you destroyed... All the beings and memories he gathered together, you released them. And when he says that, Tommaso's hand starts drifting back toward the shotgun to grip it. It's going to be real bad for anyone around there for a few days. Oh, good. The kind, some of them will get taken over and find themselves possessed. That city will never be the same. You should have claimed the blood for yourself. I can see you didn't. We had high hopes for you. I, uh, I don't know. I thought I could be of, of use like this. I don't know if that's selfish or or not. Hey, Guillermo? 
We could use you over here for a second. We got to talk to you. Oh, sure. Give me one sec. I'll be right back. And I'll go over to Jason. <laughs> that and doesn't I... sound suspicious at all. <laughs> I'm walking past all of them over to you guys. Are we ready to kill all of these motherfuckers right now, right? Hey, hold on a second. Remember what we have waiting for us topside. Let them die against SI. Yes. Okay. If, if they think they can handle it, let the two take each other out. All right? That's the only reason he and I haven't fucked off yet. So how are we going to do that? Let him go after him. You might have to go with him, though. That, I'm going to come strolling up. <laughs> <laughs> he rang. And, 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 and hey, let my buddy Guillermo here lead the charge, you know? What kind of what kind of charge will we lead in? We're gonna go take the fight to the SI. Yeah. Why would we do that? Because we gotta, we gotta get, get out, out of here. here. They're in our way. They're in our way, and they're coming down here. They're gonna come looking for us. That's a that's a terrible idea. Why don't you 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 and your new friends can definitely handle them? Come on, you're tough. Look at you. I know I'm tough. Look at me. Yeah. Why don't you handle it? I think the big bone lady is already gonna kill him. That's what she said. So then let him come. She said, you sit in here and then she'll like do some tunnel magic or whatever. Yeah. So I'm just going to hang and wait for her, I guess. That way I don't take like 65 bullets to the dome. <laughs> You're smarter than you get credit for. I have more than one dot in intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. <laughs> so I, I, I guess I, that's, a, that's a bad plan. Is that all you needed? I didn't call you over here. I know I'm 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 talking to Tommaso, but would you like a, would you like a drink of the the cup? We still got it around. It's still chilling. <laughs> so have, it's not it's not like it's, it's not, not body, fresh anymore, I know right? It's not body like, temp, and it's yeah. probably kind of gross. Yeah, but, say, um, it's, it's definitely room temp now, and I don't probably I don't, clotting. Yeah, but, you know like, how it like is in here. It's definitely room temp. <laughs> I, I don't I don't go for that. I like it fresh. Okay, well, maybe we can get him to do it again for you. No, we're gonna wait here because they're gonna deliver Lucas Thorn to us, and then we got a few, a few fun things we're gonna. Gordon do. finds like a a flat piece of stone, pulls out a deck of cards, and just starts playing solitaire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go back to Neil and just like shoot the shit with it. I'm gonna attempt to text Rosetta again. I'm sure it's not gonna work. It doesn't go through. I will turn this into a shopping episode. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> a very hey Neil, you got you got a. Vendor down here? <laughs> you got a blood pack vendor? <laughs> oh my god, I've been waiting for this day! I got blood packs for days! What you selling? What are you buying? <laughs> I trade exclusively in rocks and rock accessories in this underground cavern. <laughs> <laughs> They're minerals! Ah! <laughs> Ted, you always fuck it up. I said minerals. I said minerals. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. It's minerals. <laughs> a very long while passes. A very, very long while. And then suddenly, at the center of the cavern, a hole appears. An opening shows up. A chimney, almost. And you see and hear the thud of bodies plunge down it. You see gray and red cloth, like what you saw the nuns wearing. You see bodies wearing heavy green armor slam into the ground, screaming to the very last, and their corpses, the life fades from them after they smack into the dirt. Small pile of corpses of what was formerly SI, of what was formerly Inquisitors. Hey, Neil, 
did you find uh, Sir Haynes a lot? I ain't looked through this stack yet. You want to help? Yeah. Oh, I'm 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 coming over. I'm gonna flip him over. If Thorn's in yeah. there, I want to take his head. And you start flipping through the stack, pulling the bodies off of each other and laying them out. And you find a nun who has horrible burns on her body and like she's been <laughs> bandaged up. <laughs> ah. Barely put back into battle. She hey, doesn't... she made it. Look at that. That's a wicked burn you gave her. <laughs> you find another in gray robes, sensor still wrapped around her, putting out a little bit of smoke, and you inhale a little bit of it, and you can tell it makes you a bit hungrier. <laughs> you find one that's in a bomb-proof suit that's wearing an explosive ordnance disposal suit, thick, thick green armor. That one looks like he survived the drop. He can't move. His spinal cord has been snapped. Can't move his legs, but his arms kind of twitching and moving. I go over to him and rip the helmet off. <gasps> you hear him praying. You can hear him saying, Our Father who art in heaven. I go ahead and I just snap my fangs on his neck and suck him dry. Yeah, he can have that one. Gordon sucks the man dry. And as he does, this blood, it has a power to it. This person was not entirely mortal. They had some sort of divine power, but Gordon has just, he's stronger. He's just taken that for himself. No idea what it would have done, but it seems like it could have dampened some Gordon's influence over him if he hadn't been paralyzed. He flipped through the rest of the bodies. Lucas Thorne is not in here. Mm -hmm. All right. Hey, Neil, what happened to the bargain? He's not here. I suppose he must not have come out. That fucking coward. Oh, he's here. He's waiting for us at the entrance. All right. I'll happily go find him. Neil says you'll be waiting a while then. You're telling me he got away. No one leaves. No one leaves till Katarina says they leave. <laughs> now can we kill them all? <laughs> Katarina, may we please leave? There's no answer. Hey, Chuckleheads, call to her and ask her if we can leave. <laughs> Guillermo starts doing push-ups <laughs> <laughs> Katarina, are you going to open the door? Not yet Why? You need more time For what? To drink Drink what? To join the bond What are you talking about? Stronger You're telling me to drink more? Yes So you're not going to let us out? When you are ready You didn't answer the question Are you going to open the door? Yes or no? Eventually Eventually win. Is this a time dependency or no? <laughs> when you have drank enough. Of course. How about now? <laughs> Are we there yet? <laughs> yes. I go over to the bowl and I take another drink. Just as good the second time. And now Descartes is sure everyone in this room is perfect. This is what he was made to do. All of that information he has about Kingsport, everything that Lonnie made him memorize and learn, God, what they could do with that information to destroy the Camarilla. I bet Rochelle's Vitae would taste pretty good. Ooh. What about now, Katarina? Not yet. Still more. It's not you three. Well, I guess the decision's on you now. You want a drink or are we going to do something bit more else? If you're ready for me to set it off, I'll set it off. Sure, why the fuck not? All right. Set one off. He also has a grenade. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Despite what everybody seems to think, 
I'm not a stupid man. <laughs> Ain't no one saying that here. Look, we don't want to join the Sabbat. I'm asking you, Katarina, to please let us go. We will owe you one. You may leave. You may go. Without any harm done to us, we are looking for guest rights through this cavern. I offer you safe passage. I respect the right of kindred to continue their existence. You will not obstruct me in my mission. And what's that? Conquering Kingsport. I'm, you know what? You have at that. I am, I will stay out of your way. Can you please show me the way out? The chute that the bodies just fell down twists. You see a narrow, winding staircase up towards a black, star-studded sky open up. Perfect. Let's walk out. Uh, she gave it to you. You can go on ahead. I'm going to follow you, but I'm going to turn at the end. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I start walking up the stairs. You climb. I'm going to follow. I don't know if you get to go. Before I start to climb. All right. Guessed right. You have your fun in Kingsport, but let me explain something to you right now. This is an animal you don't want to mess with. You stay out of my way, I'll stay out of yours. Got me? For now. For now. I have a feeling we'll be seeing each other again. You begin to climb a steep, tight, twisting spiral staircase like a ladder. Almost the steps are spaced so impossibly far apart. Tommaso and Gordon, you breathe in open, sweet night air. You see the stars above. Oh, I'm following right behind them. Jason, as you come close behind them to the surface, it closes up. For no. just him or for us? Punch Jason. my way through. <laughs> Try, good luck. You're going to lose an arm again. God damn this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about the storyteller. <laughs> that's the thing about vampire <laughs> you guys are really strong now though yeah you're strong but not in strength he's not <laughs> yeah you say yeah is he <laughs> you got you got some powers mm -hmm. but you're a little restrained now you know what comes next you either willingly enter torpor or you continue drinking the valdori and join the sabbat entirely Either is fine. Or I use this grenade to blast my way through the ground. Are you doing that? Yes. Jason, <laughs> so how are you doing that? <laughs> I'm just going to jam it up there, walk down around the stairs a few bit. So I'm. Oh. It's, it's a massive tunnel with stairs going around the outside of the tunnel. Yeah. So, so like. You just got up to the top and it just like closed. Yeah. Okay. Jason tries to blast his way through. He looks and. Any damage he does to the tunnel just closes immediately. What the fuck? God damn it. So do you enter Torpor or do you join the Sabbat fully? I join the Sabbat fully. I knew it. Nice. The new Guillermo's boys never say die. So I'm <laughs> joining the Sabbat. Never say die, boy. Never say die. I'll say some nice things for you. But as long as, he, as, long as you don't it. say die, I don't give a fuck what you say. <laughs> <laughs> what am I going into Torpor for? You made the choice. You you took the bait. You're stuck. Yeah, it's either like 50 vampires gang up on you and stake you. 
Jason tries to leave, and everything Jason does to try to leave, it's just a tunnel that leads in another long circle. Okay. He tries to blast his way out, and every hole he blows closes shut. And so, so basically, at, I'm just spending eternity trying to find my way out. As the days pass, Jason doesn't have eternity. Because even underground, the dawn still comes, and each day he must awaken and make a rouse check, and eventually... His hunger will take him into torpor. Okay, well, I'm not joining the Sabbat, so... Jason does not join the Sabbat. Jason is defiant to the last. Bye. He watches one day... I go as back down the tunnel and murder everyone at the bottom of the cave, and that's where they find me, in torpor, surrounded by dead bodies. And tries. <laughs> Jason attempts to... He rolls a grenade out, and Neil gestures to two of the Sabbat... And he says, Lionel, Becky, take care of that. And they throw themselves onto the grenade and it detonates each time. Everything he does. <laughs> Just uh, Jason is not the first kindred to try to defy the Sabbat. He takes his sire's place on the plinth. He watches, though, as Descartes and Guillermo participate in the Valdori. And one night... <laughs> They set out, allowed to leave and enjoy the free night air. Just remember what the family does to turncoats and rats. That's all I'm saying. So with Jason on the plinth in torpor, having killed a great number of Sabbat, struggling as he went down and exhausted as many ways as possible to escape, unfortunately, Katarina is entirely too good at keeping people trapped. And she's done this for hundreds of years now. Gordon and Tommaso, free of any taint from the Sabbat, return doing whatever they wish. Guillermo and Descartes find themselves new Sabbat infiltrators sent to take down the Camarilla in Kingsport. And that is where we will end our session and our season. <laughs> it, it wouldn't be vampire if everyone wasn't emotionally destroyed and upset. <laughs> Hey everyone, we're Monster Game Night. Thank you so much for joining us for this season and for coming along on this ridiculous wild-ass journey. I'm Mike, your storyteller, and you have also been listening to... Josh playing Guillermo. Chris playing Descartes. Nick playing Jason. Russell playing Gordon. And Ben playing Tommaso. Hey guys, so after this, we're going to release a series of one-shots. I'm going to do this at the top of the episode, but... We're going to release a series of one-shots that are going to be DM'd by different players. You'll love it. It's great. Uh, you've heard us. We're incredible at this. We're the best role players of anybody on the planet. So you heard it here first from one reputable source. We are the best. <laughs> As always, you can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher. Of course, we'd love to continue to hear from you on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit at Monster Game Night. And as mentioned before, please check out our Patreon. While you're around, please give us a rating, write a review, and tell your friends and family about the show if you enjoyed it. Because say it with me, word of mouth is the best way for a small independent, independent show, show like ours to grow. grow. I wasn't like saying ours it for to you, grow. <laughs> I said it. And we hope that you can come to our next Monster, Monster Game, Game Night. Night. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>